Hello. Hello. <laughs> um, my name is Judy, and I am a grateful follower of Jesus and all those other things that Pastor Bill said. Um, so I'm nearsighted. I've got to take these off to read. So what the good thing about it is I can't see you now. <laughs> okay. Um, so I've given my testimony before in different venues, and um, the thing about before is that I always was hoping for a happy ending, and um, sometimes I didn't get it. And now I've realized that you don't always get a happy ending because you're always going into a storm or you're coming out of one. So whether in or out, um, I'm just trying to learn how to embrace the joy. Um, so I'll, another little note, if I don't smile, it's because I'm so nervous. And I don't smile when I'm nervous, so I'm trying to smile. So anyway. Um, shush. <laughs> that would be my pastor. Anyway. Okay, so... You've heard of um, the baby that gets left on the front steps of a hospital, usually a young girl who's scared and desperate. Um, that was my beginning, except with a little bit of a twist. There you go. <laughs> this is my life right here. <laughs> okay, so... Um, <laughs> I know. That's why I'm here. <laughs> Thank you. Okay, so... This nice church girl is dating this man who's in seminary to be a pastor. And um, they date about three years. She's a nice church girl. He's going to be a pastor. So they're not having sex. They're all being good. After about three years, though, the pressure comes on. They um, fall under the pressure. She gets pregnant. And um, about, you know, obviously nine months later, she goes into labor. The father, um, her boyfriend drives her to the hospital, drops her off on the steps and says, I'm going to be right back, parks the car, or to, he's going to be back to park the car, and he never returned. So that was my mother, and being dropped off at the steps in the womb was me. Um, so um, obviously, my birth dad was going to be a pastor, I'm assuming he became a, a minister, so he came by my mother's house about nine months later to tell her he was going to be getting married um, and start a family. So um, when he was there, I had asked my mom if he, what did he do with me? And she said he didn't look at me, he didn't hold me, he didn't ask about me, nothing. So um, really the bottom line was he was going to be a pastor and he really couldn't have an illegitimate child um, hanging around. So... Fortunately, my grandparents stood by my mom to help raise me in a time when it just wasn't acceptable to um, have an unplanned pregnancy. So needless to say, I was a very spoiled and very loved little girl. Um, so it wasn't until my mom got married um, to my stepdad that we moved up here to Saugus um, that things began to change. Um, as I grew older and started attending school, I realized that all my friends had daddies, and I wondered where mine was. Um, Mom didn't explain anything to me yet, so, uh, but the first time I, the first time when um, I was probably around 10, maybe, I started to feel like I was missing something. My stepdad, he was a good dad, a good man, but I still um, was wondering what was going on with my birth father. Um, my mother was the 11th child of 13. 
So you can guess, I had a lot of cousins. Um, they were my friends. So every weekend we'd go to my grandparents' house and all us cousins would play in, um, with each other. So um, it was during these years that I was um, molested by three of my cousins, two of them being female. Um, it felt very wrong to me, but I was so young, I didn't know how to say no. This continued for years, as well as incidences by others. Um, I had a really good friend that lived down the street, and one day we were at her house, and when we were leaving, her father was sitting on the couch, and he groped me sexually as I was walking out the door. And she didn't say anything, and his wife was in the kitchen doing the dishes, and like it was just an everyday occurrence. So I was so already um, full of shame from my younger years that I didn't even speak up. I just was shocked. Another time at this same friend's house, which after this incident, I kind of stopped going there, but um, her brother was kind of not nice either, and he threw me on the ground and he tried to rape me. So I scream for my friend, and she comes over, and she stands there frozen, and I'm screaming for her, get him off me. And um, eventually I was able to fight him off, and we never spoke of it again. So um, I found out years later that my friend had been getting raped by her father for years. So she was equally as frozen, and not, she just didn't know what to do about what was happening to me, because it was something that was happening to her all the time. The abuse from my cousins continued until I came into my sexuality, and then I started to realize this is wrong and this needs to stop. I grew up in church. I gave my heart to Jesus at about 12 years old at church camp. Um, that same year, my grandfather passed away. He was the closest thing I had had to a, to a father, so I was devastated, and the way um, I dealt with it was by acting out. Um, my stepdad was a man of few words, and he wasn't affectionate. Again, I loved him. He was a great, great man, but um, I just needed that affection that I didn't get from him. I asked my mom again why my birth father wasn't around, and she finally told me, and there it was. I finally felt for the first time that feeling of abandonment. Abandonment is a killer. It's a killer of secureness. It's a killer of hope, it's a killer of trust, it's a killer of self-worth, and it's a killer of acceptance. My response has to <clears throat> was to hang out with those kids that were smoking and drinking and making out with their boyfriends, and, you know, so I had, was started to lead the double life of going to church on Sundays and Wednesdays and then hanging out with the bad crowd during the week. It gave, you know, by high school, I was partying, I was smoking and making out with boys, and it gave me the love and acceptance that I was craving. It didn't take long for me to learn, though, that that wasn't true and that the um, love and acceptance I needed wasn't going to come that way. Um, eventually, I gave in to the pressure with my first real boyfriend. Even though I knew it was against God, all I could think of was God was somewhere out there in the distance, obviously not watching after me, and this guy was right here, and I could touch him and feel him and love him. So I gave in, and um, I kept thinking, 
I just need the sexual experience anyway because I was so confused from what had happened to me when I was younger. So partying proved not to be the answer because on my 16th birthday, I got so drunk, I went to I went to a friend's house. Actually, it was a friend of a friend. So we're at a friend's house that I don't know her very well, and we're partying, and I'm drinking like crazy. I got so drunk, I ended up staying the night there. Um, during the night, my friend's friend's adult uh, cousin um, ended up raping me. Um, so when I got up in the morning, I was by myself. I had to walk through the room to go get my things. As I walked through the room, there was other people there. There was adults there as well as young people like myself. Um, and they just stared at me. Uh, I felt like they should know what just happened. I felt like it was written all over me. I felt disheveled and they just looked at me and um, almost looked angry with me. I felt really embarrassed, I felt guilty and, and a lot of shame, and that shame followed me for years. In my senior year in high school, I was so angry, so insecure, I felt worthless, I felt ugly, and I felt devalued. But then I met him, okay? We all know him. He's cute, he was nice, and he was cute. So. He didn't push me to do anything I didn't want to do, um, but my fear and abandonment issues took over, and I ended up breaking up with him before he could break up with me. And then a few years later, a few months later, he went into the military. I was very far from God at this time, and um, I was finding acceptance through my friends, and I, had, I was a huge people pleaser making sure everyone was always happy with me. I continued to party, but managed to get myself through school, and I went to, um, at the time, I was at cosmetology school. And by the end of that year, the love of my life started writing me and ended up dear Johnning his girlfriend at the time. So what I thought was going to be the greatest thing ever, that he was actually going to come home to me, turned out to be a nightmare. My nice boyfriend became an alcoholic and was physically abusive. I saw way too many of my cousins and my aunts being abused, so I had always told myself I would never let somebody hit me. So he came home from the army. He was home for a month the first time he hit me. I was stunned, and I ran to my car, and he threw me into the car so, from the driver's side so hard I hit my head on the passenger side. I told him I would not stay with him, and he begged me to forgive him and that he would never do it again. For the next year, he hit me over and over, punching me, headbutting me, dragging me by my hair across the street. People used to ask how I could actually stay with him. But I was so torn down emotionally, I felt so worthless that I thought I did the right thing, and I married him. After all, once we lived together and had babies together, everything would be better. So it actually got worse. I found out years later um, that abuse gets worse 
during pregnancy because they feel a loss of control over you. And that's what happened. His, my attention toward my coming baby was not okay with him. So I spent the next eight years of, of my marriage being physically abused. He would get so enraged and lash out at me. One time he got so drunk and was so angry for, for I don't know what, and he grabbed a butcher knife, he put it to my pregnant belly, and he made gesturing motions like he was going to stab me, grunting like a madman. This still wasn't the most frightening moment with him. My insecurity now was so full-blown codependency, I did whatever I could to make sure to, to keep him happy so that I had peace in the family. One night after midnight, he woke up and he took, um, he took, he went into the room where I was sleeping. He was watching TV. He brought me into the room and he put me on the left seat couch and he held me down and he looked at me and he said, your God can't help you now. And he began to strangle me. I thought, this is it. He's going to kill me. And the worst part of it was my son was standing there. He had crawled out of his crib. But God had mercy on me, and I pretended that I passed out. My husband let go of me before he tried to break my arm. I ran out the front door to a neighbor. I called the police so that I could go in and get my son. They saw the marks on my neck and on my chest, and they arrested him. Okay. So there's many, many stories like this over the years to the point of hitting me in front of people, hit, uh, picking me up by the neck because I put too much salt on his eggs, um, cracked my ribs, he, he almost broke my nose and gashed my head on the tub. My value as a person was zero. I was told every day how stupid I was, that no man would mock me. I was too skinny, I was too fat, I was ugly, I was crazy, but the truth was I was empty. So over the next few years, my husband continued drinking and using and cheating. And when I got pregnant again, my sister-in-law invited him to church and eventually, he invited me to go with him. We were doing okay for a while, until he relapsed into old habits. And when my daughter was born, I had had enough. I was walking with the Lord again, and I felt like I deserved better. When she was six months old, I called the police, and I turned him in for old warrants. When my parents heard this, my stepdad told my mom to go and bring me home. So my stepdad was my hero. Can I ask for a tissue? <laughs> Thank you. I don't know why I didn't bring one up here. It's not like I'm not a crier. Thank you. <laughs> okay. Okay, so I'm now back in my childhood church where I knew they, uh, that I was loved there but they had no idea how to deal with emotional healing. So over the next 15 years, I served anywhere and everywhere in the church. Busyness is what kept me from dealing with the anger and the age that I felt inside. 
Now I'm barely 30 years old. I have the mental brain of a 17-year-old. I'm wounded, immature, angry, controlling, depressed. I was very unhappy. I was a single mom. I was tired and frustrated and overwhelmed. Soon I was dealing with a little girl who had difficulties. I blamed myself for her issues because I felt like it was my fault that my kids didn't have a dad. I knew what it was like, and I certainly didn't want my kids going through the same emptiness. I would give in to her easily and then become frustrated for being so weak. She cried a lot, had tantrums, and by the time she was in junior high, she was struggling in school. I was now serving as a youth leader, and many of our youth would be at my house all the time, movie nights, youth nights, game nights, whatever. They were at my house couple times a week at least. My codependency, though, was affecting my family in a terrible way. I was so distracted by busyness, I missed what was right under my nose. When my daughter was a couple months shy of 15, it came out that she was being violated by my son's best friend. This young man was like a son to me. And once it came out, the church tried to deal with it, but they kept it under the radar. My son left for the military two weeks later, and my daughter and I were getting counsel at the church. The problem was, is they were trying to counsel us together with the perpetrator. It didn't feel right about, I didn't feel right about any of it, but I didn't want to go against what my pastor uh, thought was best. When the police finally arrested this young man, the church bailed him out. Codependency or not, I felt betrayed, and I was done. This was a church that I had been at since I was six years old. These people helped me raise my kids. But I knew I just had to get my daughter out there because she was not safe. So on September 23rd, which coincidentally is my birthday, another great thing happened. I had to leave my church of 30-something years. And I went to another one where my best friends were attending. Um, I stayed there about eight months but I still didn't feel like I had the covering of a pastor. At the time, I knew Pastor Marty from um, an organization that I used to lead, and he was one of my speakers. I used to talk to him about it and um, finally decided to come here to the sanctuary. It was then that he helped me walk through this difficult time, and I finally felt the covering that I desperately needed. At the sanctuary, I didn't serve for over six months, I was so broken, depression started to take over, and I thought, how could I have not seen what happened to my girl? It happened to me so many times, I blame myself that I didn't see it. In the earlier years of my depression, my only way of coping was to be busy. So I started serving slowly. I just wanted to take that first year to build up a new community of friends and church family. But the truth was, I was the walking wounded. And what do they do? They wound others. I didn't trust people, and I especially didn't trust women. I found myself always waiting for women to betray me. It turned into a self-fulfilling prophecy. My anger and resentment pushed women away. So my deep need to be loved and accepted was sabotaged by my own attitude and behavior. Then there's men. After being so abused and torn down, I thought men were from hell. Oops. 
Yet I could not get along with, I did get along with them better than I did with, with women. But over the years at Sanctuary, I saw good, healthy marriages that I knew weren't perfect, but I saw how imperfect men and women work things out through their love and commitment to each other. Unfortunately, I tend to attract noncommittal men who want a private relationship and not public. Did I mention codependency can make you blind? So here I am, Miss Codependency, doing whatever I could to keep the so-called relationship going, knowing full well he was the wrong person for me. But God did show me something that turned my heart inside out. My stepdad passed away a year ago. I was understandably deeply grieved. He loved me as his own from the day he married my mom. He was a good man. He was the best man in my life. I didn't know what I was going to do without him. So I told this man who was my friend that he was dying, and he hardly responded. He had an excuse, but he had excuses for everything. So I finally saw the unhealth in the relationship, and I saw the unhealth in me. My feelings for him changed almost overnight. And as sad as my heart felt, I also felt very free. So why encounter what compelled me to attend? Isaiah 43, 19 says, For I am about to do something new. See, I have already begun. Do you not see it? I will make a pathway through the wilderness, and I will create rivers in the dry wasteland. So let me go back a few years, when my daughter was born. She's the most precious gift ever, and I loved her so much. I would cuddle her, just like I did my son, but she would, she's a whole different animal. <laughs> it's like a doggy and a kitty, you know? Puppies want to be cuddled, kitties... They just won't have it on their terms. <laughs> but I love my kitties, okay? She, she, I have no glasses. I don't know what she's, how she's looking at me right now, but she's probably going to kill me later. She didn't like to be fussed over. She only liked to be cuddled and hugged on her terms. She fussed a lot. She, as she got older, she was a typical, terrible two, a rambunctious three, an ornery four-year-old, you get the idea, right? I struggled to help her be at peace. The codependent person in me was on overload, trying to keep her happy, but becoming constantly frustrated that she never seemed satisfied. I took her to counseling, and after about 45 minutes, they told me she had ADHD and wanted to medicate her, and I said no. She later had difficulty in junior high and high school classes with, um, and in her classes and with her teachers. Our relationship was awful, arguing constantly. My parenting skills were shot. I was a single mom going out of my mind. I was a complete failure. I was confused. She was confused. She would rage and shut down. We were becoming toxic to each other. So what did I do? I dove into busyness. I did, didn't even see um, how I felt for the lie that said, if I serve more, God will like me more, and then he'll help me more. 
Now, don't get me wrong. My daughter is a beautiful person. She is fun-loving. She can make you laugh. She is... <laughs> he licks her elbows. Ask me later what that means. Um, she just struggled with social interaction. And, um, but unfortunately, as a ignorant, naive mom, I just didn't see the signs of what was there. And I thought she was just being a brat and stubborn and headstrong. She moved out at 18, married soon after, and we were communicating less and less. I was angry all the time and lost all my patience, and I felt abandoned by God. But eventually we were, eventually we were estranged from each other for two years, which were the worst two years ever. We didn't call each other. We didn't visit each other, nothing. I felt like I had a dead daughter. When I personalized Philippians 4, 6 through 7, it says, don't worry about anything. Instead, pray about everything. Tell God what I need and thank him for all he has done. Then I will experience God's peace, which exceeds anything I can understand. His peace will guard my heart and mind as I live in Christ Jesus. I wish I could tell you that I was experiencing this type of healing and peace during this season of my life, but fact is, I was so depressed to the point of feeling suicidal. I knew I would never take my life, but that didn't make the feeling go away. During those two years as I prayed and I sought counsel, I heard the Lord tell me it's time for me to get myself back in alignment relationally, physically, mentally, and emotionally, I hadn't realized how broken I had become. I began to look deep into my past relationships and made efforts to mend them. I changed my eating habits, took up kickboxing, started running. I don't do the kickboxing anymore, but I'm still running. I went to guidance counseling with an elder woman in our church that I highly respected. And little by little, God was bringing me healing. It was about this time my daughter was doing her own soul-searching and discovered she had Asperger's. The more she learned about this disorder, the more she was able to understand some of the issues she had dealt with her whole life. She asked me to educate myself on the condition, and I was filled with so much guilt. How could I have not seen this? The signs were all there, but everyone just wanted to label her they wanted to label her with ADHD, bipolar, the strong-willed child, you know. I could spend an hour talking about all the ups and downs we had with dealing with this condition, but that's another story and it doesn't just belong to me. So knowing this about my daughter, I wanted to do what I could to help her, but I just seemed to make things worse. My help would frustrate her. I felt like I couldn't win. The codependency would make me feel like I wasn't doing enough. Failure, failure, failure. The depression was at its worst, and I had developed an anxiety disorder as well. But instead of coping by staying busy, I would withdraw. Fortunately, I've developed a cherished group of people who would not let me fade away. A friend of mine was invited to a CR meeting, and I asked if I could tag along. 
I thought I would check it out to see if there was something that could help my son with his PTSD when he was in the military, so I wasn't going for me. Um, after a couple weeks, though, of listening to Pastor Bill give his message, um, I knew it was time to start digging deeper into what was still holding me hostage. 2014 through 16 was, to, at least to say, difficult. Family relationships unsatisfied at my job, and I had, I'm remembering, I think four, if not more, family deaths. I was overwhelmed with sadness and unable to grieve. So the timing of encounter was definitely God's. It was when I began attending encounter regularly that I began to work. Week after week, the messages were slowly digging deeper into my soul, bringing me the healing, bringing me healing and growth. Over the years before encounter, God brought me some healing through prayer, through counsel, through retreats and books, all of it. God healed me of my father issues many years ago. Um, and I wanted to share the moment I knew he was going to start healing me of my father issues was when I got prayer by my former pastor's wife. And she was praying over me. And she, doesn't know my, she didn't know my past, anything about my childhood. And she said, I feel like the Lord wants you to know that you were loved even in your womb and that you were not abandoned in your womb. And I knew God was going to start bringing me healing. <clears throat> Where am I? So he did, and he's healed me from shame to the point where, you know how people joke and say, shame on you? I do not receive that. People will say it, and I just under my breath always say, I don't receive that because I will not have shame on me anymore. Um, I'm losing my place. <laughs> okay, so anchor one, make the decision to get well from my problems and brokenness and admit that I do a terrible job at playing God. I've had to surrender myself before, but it was encounter it was that encounter that I was able to surrender the control that had a grip on me. Again, I had to face the weaknesses in my own life and then surrender to God. Anchor four, realize who I am in Christ and reject the lie that I am my character defects and sin. Encounter has been what God used to help me feel accepted for who I am and just the way I am for the first time in my whole life. I feel like this family that cares about me here, no one has ever even asked me why I'm here. They don't care what my issues are. I'm here to be loved. I have never felt judged. I've never felt rejected by anyone here at Encounter. In the years that I've been attending, in the year that I've been attending, and especially after completing the Encounter study, I feel better, happier, and more free than I ever have. Whatever circumstances I'm in, I can walk through it with peace, with joy, and with trust. My relationship with my daughter is better. I have learned to be, a res be responsible for my behavior 
how I respond, what I say. My job as a mom, a friend, and a Christian is to be a heart with ears. That's something I learned in my grief class. (laughs) My beginning was not easy. The enemy did not want me to believe that I had a purpose. He wanted me to believe I was a mistake, that I was illegitimate, that no one would ever accept or love me. Satan is a deceiver, and he's a liar, and he cannot rob me of that anymore. Psalm 139, 13, and 14 says, You made my delicate inner parts of my body and knit me together in my mother's womb. Thank you for making me so wonderfully complex. Your workmanship is marvelous, and how well I know it. You watched me as I was being formed in utter seclusion, and I was woven together in the dark of your womb of the womb. You saw me before I was born. Every day of my life was recorded in your book, and every moment was laid out before a single day had passed. I was not a mistake. I am not illegitimate. Ephesians 1.5 says, God decided in advance to adopt me into his family, bringing me to himself through Christ. This is what he wanted to do, and it gave him great pleasure. Anchor 12 is to live out and share the hope that I now have. My name is Judy. I am a grateful follower of Jesus. I am his beloved. When I was abandoned, he adopted me into his family. When I was abused and beaten, he saved me. In depression, the Holy Spirit brings me joy. When anxiety overwhelms me, he gives me peace. And when I'm weak, he is strong. When I'm afraid, he lights my way. God has a purpose and a plan for me. He's changing my whole direction in ministry. After 25 years of youth ministry, God's leading me in a new direction, serving women. Starting here at Encounter, I now can walk through life with women that I've met and have grown to love. Who would have thought that I could trust again, let alone want to and love, let alone want to love and encourage women? I want women to know that they are God's beloved. They are valuable simply because they were created by the Father. I want them to know their true worth in Christ. I want them to believe that they were worth being treated as the royal princesses that they are because they are daughters of the living King. I'm excited to walk through this next season of my life. It's much slower now. I started to Sabbath one day a week, Saturdays. I literally hang out in my backyard in a hammock. Yeah, for hours. People don't know how I can do that, and let alone why. Um, It wasn't easy to start. It took about four years to get there. But through doing that, I now have more time during the week because God is true to his word that when you give him your time, he gives it back. I do other things, too. I don't just lay in a hammock. (laughs) But the hammock's good. I used to think that, um, oh, and then I, um, oh, I was just saying that I brought the hammock home from one of my missions trips. I used to think taking a whole day of rest was impossible. Somehow, God is good, and he worked that out for me. If you want to know how to Sabbath, please ask me. I've had a couple people ask me, and I have some that are doing it as a result, and 
That's really a blessing to me, and believe me, you're going to be blessed by it. He is also continuing to lead me in a ministry of missions. I've had a heart for missions for years and years, and um, I hope to pursue it more um, in the mission field in the near future. I wanted Melina to show the slides. Um, we did the, the uh, outreach for Hopewell Children's Home in, in a November, I think, for Christmas. And these are some of the kids who are opening the shoeboxes that you guys made them. We didn't get a picture of all of them. Dale apologized for that, but the kids were so excited and opened the gifts so quickly that they couldn't get pictures of everybody. But they did try and get some of them. They were very excited, and they're very appreciative, and Dale and Mark said thank you. So God is good in any and every circumstance I am in. He is faithful. I can only trust that God is leading me into more healing, more freedom, and more joy. I want to conclude with two things. One is an encouragement that if you haven't taken an encounter study, please take one. I strongly encourage you to take that 12 weeks with other people, other women that I got close with, that I truly love, that walked through some pretty hard stuff with me to get real and um, to really let go of a lot of that old baggage that we carry along in our back pockets we don't even realize is still there. I had to miss a lot of the, um, a lot of the classes because I'm in school, but um, when I was able to come back, they just embraced me right back in. And um, I just love my group of women that um, we walked through. So most of the, in uh, Anchor 12, we have to write out a little bit of what we got out of the, out of the um, study, and that's how this happened. Because I started writing it, and then I kept writing and writing, and I shared it with my girls and said, it's not done, but I think I'm supposed to write out my whole testimony, and then I did, and then I told Pastor Bill, hey, I'm writing out my testimony, and he took out his calendar and put it on. <laughs> three, yeah, that was only three weeks ago, so. Just watch out. <laughs> but really, if it, it is something you want to do, be encouraged, be healed, and then come up here and share it with others because it's, it's good stuff. Last is just the words of a song that always speaks to my heart. It is well, it is well, through the storm I am held. It is well, it is well with my soul. I'm going <coughs> to, excuse me. It is well, it is well, God had one, God has won, Christ prevailed, it is well, it is well with my soul. Thank you for letting me share. <laughs>